0: Specials online at Russell's NY.
2: This is Mike Shope, excited about the warmer weather. You probably are, too. When I think about summer, I quickly think about my friends at Colton RV and Marine. They had a few wonderful camping trips over the years, and now they have the beautiful Sunchaser pontoon boats. More than 1,000 RVs in stock. The camper, motorhome, fifth-wheel, travel trailer, or toy hauler. Colton RV and Marine, a 60-year-old third-generation Buffalo business selling family fun. Coolest RVs and motorhomes. Now those new Sunchaser pontoons in stock. Go see my friends at Colton RV and Marine. Tell them Mike Schoep sent you. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM.
3: Always live on the free Odyssey app.
2: Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Sports Talk Saturday We're rolling along here, hour number two, and the US Open is going on this weekend. Not really any other sports kind of Beach take, Soccer. Take, well, yeah, We have beach soccer here <laughs> on in the studio that Josh is like absolutely Nerd. a fan of. Hey. So that I, should be I didn't even
4: know it was an, an an option. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was an know option. It was an option. I, I I this is cool. I, it's think, okay. I, I think it's okay. It's all right. I think the game just ended there, I think so the game just that's ended. kind of funny but
2: for the most part, the US Open is completely free to just have the TV to itself. The NBA Finals is over with, the Stanley Cup Finals are over with, and with that being said, we're going to bring in on the Western Hotline our own Brian Koziel, who had himself a very busy morning already over at Pendleton Creek Golf Club, a two-hour
0: show right this morning, Brian? We did, 7 to 9, so uh, hopefully my voice sounds like it's warmed up and ready to go already.
4: <laughs> it's okay, Zach's been coughing all morning, so you're fine.
0: It's not, not all morning, <laughs> like 50% of the morning you got
2: that Disney cough hanging
0: I do. around with all
2: those people down there, right? I do. I, you know what, Brian? What's frustrating about it is that, like, my cousin got sick, like, three days before, and I'm like, I'm going to be fine. I, like, I was talking smack. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. No worries. And, like, a day before we're coming home, like, I developed the cough, and I'm like, all right, this is what I get. This is my karma. That's fine. Whatever. So now my entire family's like, checking up on, checking up on me because, you know, my job involves talking. And I'm like, don't worry about it. We're, we're going we're to see what happens. We're going to make it work. We're, we're going to be fine.
0: I give you credit for going to Disney in the heat. I feel like there's many stresses that go with going to Disney, whether it's cost or planning or waiting in line or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the the things that for anyone that's gone to Disney, you know what I'm talking about. But adding in, you know, if you go when it's winter here in Buffalo, and you're like, well, at least a huge piece of going to Florida is that you're enjoying the weather. But this is about the most perfect time of the year for the weather here. And you left it to go. To the more sticky humidity, so uh, I give you credit for that. You're braver than I to do that.
2: Yeah, he 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 had an index of like 105. That was a great decision oh, by man. by the Jones family
0: on this one. Brian, though, thanks I, for coming on with us today. I was, uh, one more to thund- Thank you. You're welcome. I, if Disney, and this would of course never happen now, but if if you were starting over, you could say, look, back then when land was cheap, you'd have to tell Walt Disney you could somehow buy land that's on the water down there. Like now, that is. That would there be the go. ultimate destination. Now you feel like at least for the eight hundred dollars it cost you to get in the park, that you'd, if you had the ocean right next to you, that would then you feel like you get a little out of it. Then
2: instead, they were like, "We'll just make man-made lakes. Don't worry, we'll bring the water in." The <laughs> Let's just
4: build it on a swamp and call it a day.
2: Yep, oh, absolutely craziness. If you, if you ever got time, like just look up like the like the creation of Disney World it is it is absolutely wicked. Like Walt Disney's like, of course, like, I'm of course gonna... you've done that being a absolutely. Disney family, absolutely. It's nuts. Brian, though, thanks for coming on with us. And the U.S. Open's going on, and it's been a relatively very interesting two rounds. Namely, Ricky Fowler, 10 under par, started off amazing last night in round two. Didn't really kind of keep that momentum going. He really had, I think, a bit of a tough round to kind of end it. But what have you been seeing from him so far?
0: consistency in terms of putting, he's been amazing putting so far this year. Well, so far this year, yes, he's been improving, but this first two rounds, he's putted the lights out, and even through his holes where he's taken bogeys, part of the reason that he's still been able to maybe either make that bogey or he's been able to bounce back with a birdie has been his putting. So um, that's probably always a story of the U.S. Open is A, stay out of the rough, and then B, putt when you need to to save par or keep the round going. I mean, Fowler's statistical rounds are really like an anomaly for us open golf. He's played 36 holes, two rounds and he has 18 birdies. So 50% of the holes he's birdied. Like that's incredible. I mean, that is not, that's an incredible number for a regular PGA tour event, let alone a us open where, you know, we always kind of go in at the expectation, like, all right, par is the ultimate win here. You don't have to birdie to win. Just keep parring and you're fine. Um, I know the course is probably playing easier than some expected or maybe how the usga really wanted it to uh i think there's a couple of factors into that but it did kind of get a little more difficult and challenging yesterday i think for those that maybe are just there to be entertained by hey you know i I don't really if if you're saying i don't really have a favorite golfer i just want a really good finish um so far so good it felt shuffley and fowler who had those monstrous 62s on day one they didn't really pull away yesterday in fact shuffley even came back a little so if you're looking for a lot of big names at the top to give you a really good finish come Sunday, so far I feel like it's trending in that direction.
2: I'm glad you did bring up that point though with the U.S. Open. Like for me at least, I've always like that's the like the the competition, the major that I know where it's like it's hell. The golfers are getting bullied into tears by the course. Like and and for whatever reason, like this year, you know Ricky Fowler's at, at ten under. Wyndham Clark is at nine under. He's had two great rounds so far to really keep himself there. Uh, I and and Brian, you know, I'm a big Victor Hovland fan, so he's just surviving over here at one under. But do you, do you expect the course? I mean, you kind of brought up a little bit that that the course is playing a little bit tougher now as as round two went on. Are you expecting now to be the last two rounds, Saturday and Sunday, to be a little bit more of the traditional U.S. Open, or do you think these high scores are going to be staying the course here?
0: I think we'll get a mix, but I, I I'm my guess would be is that we'll see the average score. um, go up a little in the sense that it'll get more difficult because the ye- the second half of yesterday when it started to play a little harder the sun came out and things got a little firmer today and tomorrow the forecast they're scheduled for upper 70s high near 80 and mostly sunny so I know they talked about how on Thursday Fowler mentioned this quite a bit he said look you know we had the early tea time on Thursday conditions were softer the greens were really receptive it was kind of mentality like hey we can throw darts at these pins these guys are obviously good enough to control the distance they can do that Um, and the course was receptive to that Um, whereas I think it's going to firm up a little bit more now where they're going to have to figure out okay you know where's the exact landing spot that I need this ball to be to come in so that the ball doesn't end up going somewhere into trouble I think that's what's been really interesting about this course is the green areas and the landscapes around it whether it's been the undulations in the greens, the hills and the banks around the greens, and then the just enormous amount of bunkering that you're seeing throughout all of these holes. I think it's been really interesting. Los Angeles country Club is a new course uh, for those that like to follow the tour regularly. There hasn't been a tour stop there officially. They hadn't held one since 1940. So obviously no one had played in it then. Um, And they've undergone a massive renovation. So um, in order to get the U S open to be there. So, I think you know this course, we're kind of still learning a little bit out about it, and maybe the USGA, too, in terms of its setup, they're learning a little bit more about it, too, in terms of what they can do to make it more challenging. I'd expect a little more tougher pin conditions as well as we head into the weekends, in terms of where they put the pin locations. They can move tees up and back, so I got to think they're going to try to make it a little bit more tougher for those that are really clamoring to see these guys have a little stress out there. It, it's been stress-free, even though some of these guys haven't, uh, maybe came back a little bit. It has been, I think, a little less stressful than what we've normally seen in a US open setup.
4: So I, I saw a couple of videos of the rough at LA Country Club. And like it looks the same, if not worse in in the sense of like having to deal with it. Worse than than Oak Hill. Because Oak Hill was crazy. I mean, it was you couldn't find the ball in it. But now it looks like I said, the same if not worse. What what do you think like is that just how it's going to be from now on or is like is that how it always is? Like how how are golfers going to deal with that?
0: Well, I think off the tee in terms of the tee shots, the fairways are a little bit wider and I think that was just by design. Some of these holes for the, if you watch over the next two days, you'll see the undulation in the fairway kind of has its slide where all the balls will going be collect down to one side or the other. I think they needed it and they wanted it to be a little bit wider in that sense so that guys weren't being punished. If you hit the dead center of the fairway, the ball should not end up rolling into the rough. So with some of these kind of side slope situations, they didn't want it to be overly penalizing where if you hit it right in the middle, it shouldn't end up rolling off into the rough. So that's why I think you have a little bit wider of a fairway. Now the rough itself definitely is super thick and that's where people are still being penalized. So, Yes, the fairways are a little wider. Yes, the greens have been a little bit more receptive than normal. But if you miss the fairway in the rough, it has definitely still been penalizing like a normal U.S. Open setup. Uh, if for those that watched Rory McIlroy's final hole on the first day, he was actually in rough on the green side and literally whiffed on the ball. He went right under it. The rough was so thick that when he went down to chip his ball out, he actually just went underneath it, caught all grass because the rough was actually that thick. It was long enough that he was able to actually get the club all the way through the ball underneath the ball and not even have it move at all. So um, I think if you still end up in the rough, I think that's a storyline that we could say repeats every year with the U.S. Open. It's going to still penalize you guys that have been hitting the fairways have done a really good job of that. Like McIlroy, who at times can get errant off the tee. He's been very accurate off the tee. And that's why I think Rory goes into the weekend With a chance to win. Fowler's been very good off the tee as well. Guys that have been struggling off the tee have been a little bit more errant. They are a little bit farther down the leaderboard coming in. So uh, I think that the rough, just to answer your question here, I think it's going to play kind of like it always does at a U.S. Open. It's going to be penalizing. It'll be the players that avoid it, I think, going into the weekend here will be the ones that ultimately will have a chance to win come Sunday.
2: With it being on the West Coast, what time are tee times today? I I know we didn't have really much early golf because we're getting later golf. Are we expecting them to be starting up pretty soon, or we still got a few hours here?
0: So I still got a few hours because they made the cut, so we're down to is the top sixty in ties are the ones that actually get in. So you have quite a bit less of the field playing. The leaders actually won't tee off until six forty p.m. Eastern tonight. So I think that's I mean that's gonna set up nicely for all of us here on the east coast to kind of enjoy the day, but then at night you've got golf and prime time, which I, I just absolutely love. You know, if if I was saying, Hey, I want a golf major at Oak Hill in Rochester, yes. Do I want it maybe within proximity of Buffalo where we can go? Yes. If I can't push it out to the west coast, I love when it's on at night. I just think it's so cool to sit there at ten PM and be able to watch the back nine with the leaders. And then that's what we're going to get today and tomorrow. Yeah, you know, The leaders today go off at 640. That last group is Fowler and Wyndham Clark. McElroy and Xander Shoffley, they're in the second last group. They go off at 629. So uh, the coverage that will be on NBC all day, NBC has it from 1 to 11 p.m. So all day it will be on NBC. So you want to watch the early action here. It's going to get started uh, at about 1 o'clock, but they're going to go all the way – to 11 PM tonight. So I I think it should be a a pretty fun day of golf, but I love watching it in prime time on the East coast when the golf is out West.
4: Who looking at this whole leaderboard here, who do you want to win and who do you think is going to win? Like what's, who's your favorite right now?
0: Who do I want to win? The answer is Fowler. I think we all love a good comeback story. He was, he's such a likable player for so many facets for his golf game, for what he does off the course, uh, We've just, I've heard so many stories after stories of people that work within the game, uh, including my colleague from TD Green, Kevin Sylvester, who works on PGA Tour Radio. He has said how Ricky is just such a class act, like that what you see and what you hear about him being a nice guy is genuine, how he's so supportive of his friends that are on the tour. Uh, I think you're going to see a really, really big scene on the 18th hole if Fowler comes down the final hole on Sunday with the lead. I bet you you'll see quite a few players – Standing around that final hole, hoping to congratulate him. I think he's just had that big of an impact on the game. His best year ever, 2014, he finished in the top four in all of the major. Sorry, the top five in all four majors. The only problem is he didn't win one of those. the The only other two to ever do that, finish in the top five of all four majors in the same calendar year, were Nicholas and Woods. And we know what kind of careers those two guys have had. So for Fowler year i feel like he's had a good enough career he deserves a major on his resume he's been really down in the dumps with his golf game the last couple of years he's gone undergone swing changes coaching changes he's gotten it straightened out everything that i've read he's putting in a ton of work to try to get back where he is now he's inside the top 50 and uh which has allowed him to get in to the u.s open which is why we saw him at oak hill in rochester and i'd be definitely pulling for him now who do i think will win I still don't want to shut the door on Scotty Scheffler. I know he's five back. I know there's some big names in between like McIlroy, like Shoffley, but I think probably I got to think the world's number one player is going to have a say in this at some point. He's been putting much better than he has been as of late. He's the best in the world right now from T to green statistically. So I still don't want to shut the door on Scheffler. If there was one round left, I'd say five is too many, but there's two rounds left. So I would still think Scheffler is going to factor in here and, possibly still have a great chance to win
2: should be a fun ride for the next two days especially with it being nighttime golf brian i could not agree more i really did enjoy just at like you know nine thirty, ten o'clock at night it's like oh we're still going like this is kind of nice i it, it gave me a little bit of, of reprieve from baseball being an angels fan lately has been a little bit of fun but you know still a little stressful but brian thanks so much for joining us today enjoy the golf today and happy father's day as well we'll talk again soon
0: thank you gentlemen and happy father's day to all the dads out there as well